It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on another Friday on the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking about your favorite team, your Carolina Panthers, Monday through Friday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And it is yet again another Friday, like I said, which means we have another Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. And if you don't know what the Friday mailbag is, throughout the rest of the preseason and training camping, once we get into the season, might change the days. I'm not quite sure how we want to do things. I mean, my first season doing this full-time Locked on Panthers, but I'll figure it out. But right now, if you don't know, you can send in your questions to me by following me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can either tweet at me, you can DM me. DMs are open, but don't get crazy. Any question that you have pertaining to your Carolina Panthers and every Friday, like today, I will answer those questions. Where you can find the show at, of course, wherever you're listening right now. You can also rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Five stars, please. On Apple Podcasts, you can also check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and again, wherever you get your podcasts from, that's where you can find our show and all the shows are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, on our today's show, Friday Mailbag, let's go ahead and start off though about what's going on in Indianapolis as the Carolina Panthers on Thursday had day one of their two-day joint practices with the Indianapolis Colts ahead of Sunday's preseason opener against said Colts in said city of Indianapolis. And from all the reports, and it's very hard for me to try and keep up and see what's going on. I certainly want to catch up with someone um, who's had boots on the ground, who's part of the Carolina Panthers media in the upcoming weeks, as I've not been able to make it down to Spartanburg, have a full-time job, got other responsibilities. How many we get down there, some kind of having to listen back to press conferences and Follow people on Twitter and say what and see what they're saying. But you got a little, you get a lot of mixed reports. Sometimes I hear great things, sometimes I hear bad things and conflicting reports. So it's really hard to kind of peg down how things went. But Matt Rule gave his takeaways after the first joint practice on Thursday, and he didn't seem to be very impressed by what he saw on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, well, um, I think we eased into it too much. You know, a, a lot of. You know, a lot of, a lot of, at least on the, I can't talk about the defensive field because I was on the offensive field all day, but I thought offensively over there, eased into the practice too much. Um, you know, our first joint practice in terms of, you know, maybe the tempo or other things, I thought we got better as it went on. Really, not, not real happy with our receivers today. Um, not a lot of discipline in terms of route running, wrong depths, a lot of wrong misassignments today. And so, um, put a lot of pressure on our quarterbacks to, to have to adjust to guys not running the routes at the right depth. And so, I'm just frustrated with that. Uh, I thought the backs looked good. I thought, you know, I mean, it's a day, so you can never tell if you're going to make a guy miss or not. But I thought some of our run game, um, those guys were making the right cut. So I thought a protection game until the end with the twos. You know, we Paradis was out today. Cam Cam got some rest, not a ton. But for having some young guys have to go in there, I thought we protected pretty well. So uh, those were my main takeaways. Special teams-wise, looked like we had some good competition out here. And then 
defensively, I'll have to watch the tape. So as you heard there, Matt Rule primarily spent the entirety of Thursday's practice checking out what was going on on the offensive side. I'll imagine, of course, like you said, he'll go back and look at tape on defense and then probably maybe spend the bulk of his time defensively. Maybe that's just Phil Snow's job. I don't know how he's going to go about things on Friday, but he was concerned about the wide receivers and the lack of depth in their routes, which is important. When we look at Sam Darnold and his evaluation, if you have two guys running kind of similar routes and one guy needs to get 10 yards, the other guy needs to get five, if one guy goes 10, the other guy goes eight, that keeps the same defenders right there in the same vicinity, which can lead to interception. So a lot of times you look at it, it's not always on the quarterback. It can be on the wide receiver as well when takeaways like an interception happened on the offensive side of the ball, which is why Matt Rule kind of gave Sam Darnold a pretty good evaluation based off of what he saw from the wide receivers on Thursday. No, I wouldn't put too much on Sam today. I thought Sam was he was the least of our problems. I thought Sam was good. I think we were just, A, we weren't always winning, and B, um, just uh, some just not, not precise where we want it to be. So hopefully we'll correct that tonight and come out tomorrow and look much, much, much sharper. Um, you know, um, but I, I, yeah, I thought Sam was good. The protection points protected the football. You know, uh, for our main thing with Sam is, hey, don't, don't turn the ball over, protect the ball. And I thought we did that and um, just, just a, you know, a play or two away from a couple deep balls. So we just got to connect on those. So these are the least of the concerns. He asked him to take care of the football. Sam Darnold went out there and did that. And that's a positive. As long as Sam Darnold takes care of the football this season, he's going to have success here in Carolina. He might not prove to be the right guy long-term. We don't know. But if he takes care of the football, he gets the ball into the hands of his weapons, Carolina should have success, have a 9, potentially 10-win season, and be right there in the wild card, if not into the playoffs, and then have momentum heading to 2022 with Darnold likely as their starting quarterback once again. So that's positive to hear going into day after day one, rather, of joint practices with the Indianapolis Colts. And Matt will talk about just the fact that they're there in Indianapolis. One of the reasons they want to be there is because the Colts were an 11-5 football team, and getting to evaluate his team is why it's so important that they're taking these couple of days to go up against Frank Reich and his staff and his team in Indianapolis. Um, I mean, you know, they're an 11-5 team. I mean, they, they, you know, they are a playoff team last year. So I, that's one of the reasons why we came here was to see how far away are we from them. Um, I think we have to watch the tape to see it. You know, they're they're def- definitely watching their defense. They're a physical group with the way, the way that they practice. Um, you know, we want to be the same way. I ha- I'm anxious to watch the tape and see what we look like on defense. But um, you know, it's it's a it's a great 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 opportunity to gauge ourselves against them. Then come back tomorrow and see where we are. Then do the same thing next week against you know another team. So this is this will be four days of just tremendous learning about ourselves one of the position groups of course we're all looking at heading into the season myself especially if you listen to the show since i've taken over left tackle is one of the concerns and i saw reports saying that the panthers offensive line was being was having trouble but then i also heard positive things cam irving he was back but he was limited in his reps after missing the last couple days he split time at left tackle with trent scott and taylor moton matt paradis was out with back discomfort but Matt will talk about overall how the left tackles looked on Thursday afternoon against Indianapolis. Not really. It's so hard to tell. <laughs> you know, it's so fast. And, um, you know, I think I think, you know, I think we protected the quarterback pretty well, except for a couple of pressures, you know, and some play actions, which are, you know, when they pressure in the play action, you, know, you just got to get rid of the ball. So um, I was that was I was frustrated about some things today and I didn't really notice that as being something that really bothered me. So, um like anything else, it probably wasn't perfect. You just got to keep repping it and getting better. And hope, Like I said, tomorrow will be a great day for us to learn from this tape and come back tomorrow. And like you said, it's hard to tell. The offensive line, they're not necessarily going live. We're not seeing live reps on Sunday. We will see that, and we'll get probably a better uh, inclination on how things are going. Greg Little was not mentioned in there. I saw tweets saying that he was struggling. 
Um, as we know, that has been pretty much Greg Little's career up to this point in Carolina, which is why I feel like he's on his last leg here as a Carolina Panther heading into year three. And Matt Rule overall, he, he thought about what happened, what he saw on Thursday, and he pretty much just said, this team needs to be a lot better on Friday when they go up against the Colts again in a joint practice. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we did it was because, like, you know, it's something new, it's a different venue, a different practice. Like, you know, you can be hesitant, but that, that, that doesn't work in football. you gotta, you got to show up and be the aggressors. And so w- one of the reasons why we wanted to get away and, you know, kind of look at our training camp, it's like – in Wofford, then back to back, back to Bank of America for FanFest, then back to Wofford, then here. I want our guys to get used to and prepare for chaos. Everything's not going to be just kind of spoon-fed for you. So, you know, it's been a couple days since we practiced, you know. I mean, we practiced, I guess, last, what was today? Thursday, Friday or th- Thursday? Jeez, I'm sorry. We practiced, yeah, we practiced Tuesday morning. You guys were there. It was light. So really the last time we really practiced, practice was Monday. But those are all just words, you know. I mean, our guys have to understand that, like, when we come out here with the Carolina Panthers, we have to play to that standard. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring them here to – draw some of that out of them and, and um i thought early on you know on offense we were really sort of you know, kind of hesitant i thought guys like christian got really upset about that and they brought the group along but it has to be way better so that's the head coach your head coach matt rule talk about what happened on thursday he's there he's evaluating he didn't get to see everything because he spent most of his time with the offense and you know he tried to check in a little bit of special teams didn't see really much of the defense at all maybe that will change on Friday, it's hard to take away any major uh, takeaways defensively and really offensively as well from the first day of joint practice. It is a young team, and P.J. Walker actually talked to the uh, media afterwards and just talked about this. They need to play a lot faster, and Matt Rule brought up his Christian McCaffrey, one of the veterans on this team, still being a very young guy in age, just how he was frustrated about just how they came out with a lack of energy. But again, you get kind of conflicting reports on how things are going, and you look at the defensive side of the ball, Stephen Holder, who uh, covers the Colts for The Athletic, does a fantastic job there. If you guys should subscribe and check him out, he does a great job alongside with Joe Person, who's been on the pod before. And he reported that the Colts' left tackle situation is a complete mess. And Braden Smith, who I talked about yesterday, being someone I'm really interested to see how Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick match against him. He's someone who struggled. They don't have Quentin Nelson out there. And the offensive line for the Colts just wasn't too standard. And so the Panthers had... Pretty good pass rush, apparently. But then I'm seeing other reports that said that they were being humbled. So it's really hard to get really any major takeaways. We'll find out everything, though. Not everything, but we'll find out about how this team's progressing on Sunday afternoon as they start their preseason at 1 o'clock. I think it's on the NFL Network. I also think our guys Smitty and Taylor Zarzer have us covered locally when it comes to the preseason game. So, of course, excited to see what happens on Sunday and to get to finally see Sam Darnold in these Carolina Panthers, the 2021 edition in live action. The first time we see the preseason game in two years. I know, I don't know. Some people love the preseason, some people don't. I'm just happy to get to watch some Carolina Panthers football again. I'm excited also to answer your questions. It's another Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Going to answer your questions the remainder on the show. But first, guys, I've been telling you about Bilt Bar. And Bilt Bar did something awesome on Thursday. BYU. Apparently, they teamed up with Built Bar, which is from Utah, and they're going to Built Bar, that is, is going to pay for 36 of the non-scholarship player scholarships that season. That's awesome. With the name, image, and likeness now available in the NCAA, you have the freedom to make money, which with Built Bar, and you as a consumer, you have the freedom of choice. You can get any of their delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They're all... 100% 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to choose. If you have a hard time choosing, you can always get a mix box, which will give you two of each of the nine flavors. That's right, 18 built Bars 
in one box and they're also healthy which is the awesome thing about built bar they have 17 to 18 grams of protein for most of them calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs go to builtbar.com and use promo code lock 15 and you get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lock 15 at builtbar.com is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, it's another Friday, meaning I'm going to answer some of your questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. And starting off with Percy, one of the loyal listeners, it was Hall of Fame week last week, and he's wondering when Steve Smith, when he's eligible, which I believe is next year, will he be a lock for the first year as a first ballot Hall of Famer? And I don't know. That's a great question. Let's look at Steve Smith in his whole career. Obviously, Steve Smith, in my opinion, is one of the is not the best, not one of the. He is absolutely the best wide receiver in Carolina Panthers history. Every single wide receiver that comes to Carolina is trying to live in his legacy. Love what he did, of course. Here with Sid Muhammad it was fantastic when he was with him too, but he was never on the same level as Steve Smith, a five-time Pro Bowler, two times an All-Pro. He's eighth, eighth in career receiving yards. Everyone ahead of him. By the way, in career receiving yards, in the history of the National Football League, is currently in the Hall of Fame. And the one player behind him, sitting there at ninth, Marvin Harrison, is in the Hall of Fame. And I think all the way back to, what, 31st, if I got that number right, is Calvin Johnson, who just went in as a first ballot Hall of Famer after retiring from the Detroit Lions and having a short career. But he was a fantastic player, six Pro Bowls, three-time All-Pro all-Pro and Steve Smith, only one less Pro Bowl and one, only one less All-Pro, but 3,000 more career receiving yards, obviously because he played longer. Yeah, Steve Smith is going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Will he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. And that's something I've never really cared about. I know it's, with Major League Baseball, it's a lot weirder where they won't induct guys in certain years. They'll make them wait. And then what the NFL did um, with T.O. and making him wait and all that kind of stuff, it's just... It's ridiculous how we go through all of this, and I don't know what they're going to put in Steve Smith right away, but he's going to be in a Hall of Fame one day. And as long as you're in Canton, does it matter when you got in? Absolutely not. So I would love to see him go in. We know one day that Julius Peppers will go in as a Carolina Panther. There's been Panthers who played here before. Of course, Reggie White and Kevin Green, uh, two of the greatest pass rushers of all time. You look at uh, the all-time pass rushers and those guys in terms of the sack numbers, the top three, all were Carolina Panthers. And only one of them, Julius Peppers, was truly a Panther playing 10 years here, eight years before spending seven seasons in Chicago and Green Bay before finishing his final two years here in Carolina. When you look at a guy who's been a Panther through and through throughout his entire career outside of the last three years in Baltimore, Steve Smith going in would be 
an awesome moment for obviously him and his family, but also for everyone that cheered for him, watched him here in Carolina, and for the entire organization to finally really have a homegrown Hall of Famer. I hope he goes in next year. Will he not? I don't. Will he? I don't know. But he certainly already has the numbers that could justify putting him in there right away, especially when you look at Calvin Johnson not having to sit there and wait very long. Okay, one fan's opinion. That's his name on Twitter. I think it's like UNC Navy 3 or something like that. If you guys want to go follow him, he's a Panther fan. He's got a good question here asking, post-training camp preseason, what are the Panthers' biggest needs next offseason and in the draft? This is a competitive but probably not playoff caliber team at this point. Where are the final holes that need to be plugged to get there? Uh, I think we obviously got to look at linebacker, and I think we're looking way too far down the road in terms of what their offseason needs are. But we're just looking at just the needs currently as we even go into the season. The two position groups I've talked about, I feel like ad nauseum, um, defensively at least, has been linebacker. Shaq Thompson is going to continue to be here as a defensive leader. I don't think Jermaine Carter Jr. is necessarily going anywhere. Um, in terms of Denzel Perryman, He's in Carolina for now, but he's injured. And will he prove he signed a two-year deal? There's only $2.99, so $3 million guaranteed. There's no guarantee he's gonna be back next season based off of that. So it's basically kind of one year to see how things go. And if he's not gonna be healthy like he hasn't been throughout his career, uh, I don't know if he's gonna be here in Carolina again next year. But yeah, linebacker absolutely is a position that they need to address. And you kind of look at what Michael Parsons who uh, was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys out of Penn State, sat out last season. He already looks the part. We've only seen him in training camp in Dallas. If you paid attention to what they're doing there out in Oxford, California, where you saw the preseason uh, Hall of Fame game last week against the Steelers. That guy's all over the field. And he was someone I thought would have really made a lot of sense with the Carolina Panthers, but that wasn't what they wanted to do. And they felt like they had more of a concern on the outside at corner. And they've addressed that with J.C. Horn, and hopefully he'll end up being that long-term option as the number one corner for the Carolina Panthers. So linebacker absolutely needs to be addressed. Safety, Jeremy Chen, I feel good about him. Justin Burris, we'll see how he performs this year, but safety depth isn't great. And they can bring in someone else. That would be awesome. Richie Grant was someone we talked a lot about. Uh, he's obviously now in Atlanta with a division rival, but we'll see if they can find another safety coming out of the draft. So that would be the two positions I'm looking at in an offensive line, of course. Um, left tackle, who knows how things go this season. Um, left guard, Pat Elfline. I think the long-term plan is actually trying to move him to center next year after Matt Paradis departs. Maybe there's a center in the draft Carolina Panthers like. Right guard, I don't think John Miller's going to be back. Is Deontay Brown going to make the roster and be someone who's going to help him out? Of course, they already waived David Moore. He's now with the New York Jets. That's David Moore, the offensive lineman who was a UDFA, undrafted free agent out of Grambling State. Outside of right tackle, you could look at all the offensive line positions and know that going into the draft, those are probably positions that you want to fill, especially in the first two rounds. So linebacker, safety, offensive line, those are the three position groups I'm absolutely looking at for the Carolina Panthers to want to improve upon if they want to make that next leap in 2022, which hopefully will mean a playoff berth and maybe even a division title, depending on how things go in Tampa, New Orleans, and in Atlanta. All right, I can answer more of your questions here in just a moment, but let's know that there's a ton of preseason games going on across the NFL this weekend, which gives you an awesome opportunity, if you're one of those people, to bet on the National Football League. It's weird if you want to bet in the preseason, but I'm going to give you a great place to go do it. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, UFC, MMA action, and soon to be college football season starting up in just a couple weeks. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to your questions. Travis asks, who wins the backup quarterback spot? Do they take all three spots for quarterback? And who's your favorite Panther of all time? Mine is for sure Steve Smith. They, they, the way he played the game and the motion he put out was unmatched. Absolutely. Ice up, son. Um, let's see. Who wins the backup quarterback spot? God, it's it's hard to say. And this is a question, Travis, that would probably be better for like next week because I haven't gotten to see anything. None of us have gotten to see anything, but we will on Sunday. And that's the great thing about the preseason starting out this Sunday is I've talked about roster bubble guys. Some of the guys who are trying to really – are right there, who might make it, who are having impressions that are positive in Spartanburg. We get to see it on Sunday against a different team in Indianapolis Colts. And that's when we're going to be able to make more of an educated guess on who's going to make this roster. If I had the bet <sighs> – I mean, I probably still would place P.J. Walker as the favorite just because of where he was last year with this coaching staff. Will Greer, we certainly saw him working out a lot with Sam Darnold, Chris McCaffrey, D.J. Moore, and a lot of these guys here in Charlotte throughout the offseason, wherever they were. I just don't know if he's in their plans. P.J. Walker is a guy that they brought in last year. He's a guy that they're familiar with. Will Greer is one of the players who is a part of the Marty Herney regime. When we look at some of the guys that were part of that, that draft class at like Greg Little, doesn't look like he's going to be here much longer. You look at Dennis Daly, who's banged up once again. Who knows what exactly their plan for Dennis Daly is going to be. They talk about that he could be an option at left tackle. As far as I've read, I haven't seen any reports that Dennis Daly has been repping at left tackle. He's not going to be a starting guard, it looks like, this season. So with the Charlotte Hornets, and I've had this kind of thought for people who've listened to me before, back when I was at WFNZ and other shows I've done um, in terms of just Charlotte sports in general, when I look at the Hornets and when they moved to Mitch Kupchak, and they had Rich Cho guys on the roster. Most of them are gone. I think all of them are gone now. And I was totally fine with that. I look at now on this Panthers roster, as we've moved away from the Ron Rivera, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, Marty Herney, all that era, and they now have Matt Rule and Joe Brady and Phil Snow, and, of course, David Tepper is the owner, and Sam Darnold currently as a quarterback. I'm cool moving on from a lot of those Marty Herney draft picks that haven't necessarily lived up to the billing so far. You've had guys like Brian Burns and Chris McCaffrey and DJ Moore who certainly have done a fantastic job, but those are all first-round picks. And we know Marty was horrible when it came to the middle rounds of the draft where you're really able to build your team. We're hoping that Scott Fitterer is going to be a hell of a lot better. I mean, honestly, there's nowhere you can go but up at this point in time. 
So we will see. So I would say P.J. Walker right now. I think Will Greer probably has more talent. Will it ever come to fruition? I have no idea. We'll get a better um, inclination on how things are going, and we'll see who starts that, uh, who starts off in the second half, presuming that, uh, or starts off second um, on Sunday, presuming that Sam Darnold is going to start the game on Sunday. I imagine he would. I don't see why they wouldn't have him start. And speaking of Sam Darnold, Matt wants to know, realistically, barring no injuries and Darnold averaging above 60% completion rate, what do you see the Panthers' record being given their schedule? And, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the same page. I still think 7, 10, 9, and 8. It's just not It's not only Sam Darnold. It's still a young defense that has talent, but we have to see how they factor in. And you bring these veterans. I love Daquan Jones. Can't see how that doesn't work out as long as he stays healthy. But Hassan Reddick, first three years, wasn't great. Arizona was ready to move on. And which they did anyway. He had a breakout season, signed here, didn't sign for a lot of money. Only six million guaranteed, eight million based off of incentives. I think he has a chance to be really good, especially Brian Burns on the opposite side of him. But we don't know. AJ Boye has been a pro bowler, but he's gonna miss the first two weeks. He's already has an injury. Is he gonna be able to be healthy this season? He had health issues last year, and of course, the suspension that keeps him out the first couple weeks. So there's still a lot of questions, special teams wise. Joey Sly, he's gonna be the kicker again. It seems like he's had a solid camp so far, but we're gonna see. If he can be a consistent enough kicker, first two years has not been good. Been one of the bottom kickers in the league. And if you look around, there's not a ton of great kickers out there anyway. So it's not necessarily a problem that the Carolina Panthers are going to solve by going out there and finding someone else who's a free agent. Because if they're a free agent kicker, that means that they're a bad kicker. So yeah, I still think probably eight and nine. 9 and 8 would be great. 10 and 7 would be fantastic. Probably more of an 8 and 9 would be where I would say the Carolina Panthers are going to be this year. Hopefully 9 and 8. Obviously, you want a winning record because then that could set up for next season to be the first time the Panthers have ever had back-to-back winning seasons in franchise history. So, yeah, if he has above 60% completion rate, which if he's at like 61, that's still like not great um, when you look at the rest of the NFL as a whole. But it's better than what he's pretty much done throughout his career, that being Sam Darnold. And and looking at his career completion percentage, he's at, been at 59.8%. So, yeah, 60% above that would be good. But like, it's not be, let's not be 61%. Let's get to 65%. That would be a really big jump for him after what we've seen so far. But it really comes down to controlling the football, not turning it over, and getting the ball into your playmaker's hands, and not trying to make too many big plays. He doesn't have to go out there and be a playmaker. You just go out there and manage the game, honestly. We talk about how bad of a thought of game manager is. We've seen guys like... Garoppolo game managed their way to an NFC division title or division title, not even a championship and go to the Super Bowl and basically have that game in hand until things just get wild because Patrick Mahomes is that dude. But still, you can win games with dudes just going out there trying to manage the game. And that's what the Carolina Panthers need out of Sam Darnold this upcoming season. All right, Kurt has a mailbag question once again asking, I was surprised to see Gross Mottos. He tore Gross Mottos, YGM, second rounder out of Penn State last year for the folks that have forgotten. Uh, he's surprised to see him listed as a second teamer behind Morgan Fox, the offseason signing for the Carolina Panthers. He played with the Rams last year. But then it made me wonder, do you think he'll end up in Obata's role in Snow's NASCAR package role actually slide inside? Obata clearly excelled there. And if we got him paid, YGM theoretically would be an upgrade for us there, you'd think. I mean, obviously YGM is an upgrade from, I mean, F.A. Obata, fantastic story. I'm never going to say a negative thing about that dude and his struggle to get to the point where he got to in the National Football League and then to be able to get a contract and Buffalo get an opportunity up there because, of course, every Carolina Panther ends up going up to Buffalo with Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, and Co. But, yeah, 
Gross Matos was a stud back in college at Penn State. He was a, he was 38th overall, second round pick. So like there's a lot of expectations for him if he can be healthy. And last year, even in limited time and dealing with that ankle injury, he had two and a half sacks, which as it was honestly one of the tops in the team just because of how poor the Panthers were at getting to the pass rusher. But he has the potential. Morgan Fox, though, is a guy who's been a veteran in this league. He's gone out there and he's had success. It does help to have someone like Aaron Donald, Darnold, who is Aaron Donald, excuse me, um, with Dan Arnold, Sam Darnold. It's just like too many of the similar last names. But Aaron Donald, who's the best defensive player in the National Football League, it's, it makes it easy. Um, and yeah, that NASCAR package where you get all your speed rushers in there, you can have Morgan Fox and you could. Um, have Derek Brown, you could have Gross Mottos. I mean, yeah, let's, you bring Brian Burns down. I'm all for it, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what he could do this season. He's definitely an upgrade. Um, I don't know how surprised I was to see him as a second teamer, just considering that they did go out there this offseason, bringing Morgan Fox on a deal that is paying him two years, 8.1 mil, $3 million, $3 million signing bonus, $5 million guarantee. Like they're expecting to definitely get a lot out of him this year in those pass rushing situations like he did last year with the um, Los Angeles Rams. So, yeah, I, I expect to see Wajia get plenty of snaps and be hopefully an upgrade, obviously, from what we got from Ofe Obata the last couple of years. Best of luck for Efe up there in Buffalo. All right, that's all I have today for you guys on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. been lo- looking at the numbers. Ton of y'all are really excited about football season. I've seen a lot of you guys tuning in recently. So if you're having every time a hard time to find us or you need to tell your friends where to find me, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, don't be a hater. Uh, also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. We're like today, next week, I can answer your questions if you tweet at me and or if you DM me. So definitely go out there and do that. Very excited about Sunday. Going to finally have some actual live game action. It's only preseason, but it's actual action for me to talk about. So check out the podcast. We'll have that episode, Monday's episode, out there ready for you on Sunday afternoon following the Panthers-Colts game, the preseason opener. So make sure to go check out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe so it can be downloaded right to your mobile device or wherever you listen to the show. So again, guys, thanks for the support. And I will talk to you on Sunday afternoon. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.